0: You're listening to Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. How many ways can you waste money? I don't know. Let's start counting, see how high we can go. Welcome inside the Yellow Studio. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. The website is LeaningTowardWisdom.com. Snooping around online and, well, when you get to be my age, especially when you hit your 65th birthday, which I did in the early part of May, You start getting just a boatload of, well, you, well, before that you get a boatload of mail, regular U S postal snail mail from all kinds of things, all kinds of retirement things, all kinds of Medicare things. It's just, it's just a flood. And if you didn't know it before then, you realize how many databases have your birthday out there and they're marketing this stuff. So you just get flooded, flooded with stuff. It also affects your browsing history. You know, those magical cookies that exist in the browser on your uh, computer. And all, and it, it forget searching. You don't have to search. All you have to do is click on an article. And that's all she wrote. Rhonda was talking the other day. I don't know. There was something. She clicked on something. She vowed she just did it once. And she's probably right. And the next thing you know, she's just getting swamped with ads in her social media feeds for whatever this thing was. I've done that. I, you know, something has caught my Now, I'm usually very careful to click on anything sponsored because I know how this works. But, you know, sometimes, I don't know. It doesn't happen very often, but it does happen ever so once in a while. I'll click on... I'll click on one of those and it it won't be anything that I care anything about except it hits me in this moment and my curiosity is peaked and I'm like, okay. And it could be something that I wouldn't be remotely interested in. And the next thing you know, it's just ad after ad, after ad, after ad. Are you one of these people? Do you, do you go in and click? I don't want to see that ad anymore. I do. I do it with great regularity and the the stream of sponsored posts continues to be largely things that i don't care at all about and i'm pretty fanatical about my privacy settings and all that stuff so i i, I can promise you i'm way better at that than i think the average person probably is because largely a lot of folks just they don't think about it. They don't know how to do it. They don't go running down the bunny trail like I do to figure out how you can do it. It's pretty It's pretty amazing the settings that people don't engage in. Now, I'm not one of these people that, you know, I've got the VPN. I got the virtual private network, and I'm going to do everything I can to surf anonymously and I don't I don't go to that extreme. Should we? I don't know. I just, I figure, you know, privacy, yeah, I. I kind of sort of want it, but is it even possible? I think it probably is, but I think you'd have to be a code monkey to figure it out, and I'm not a code monkey. I mean, it could be argued that I'm just a regular, ordinary, dumb monkey, but I got a thing today reminding me that, if I wanted that I could edit, I forgot what the setting is. It's uh, it, it, it's trusted trusted people with social media accounts. And most of the platforms have this. I think this particular one might have been Facebook. I'm not sure. I think it was. that. Y- reminding me, if you want, you might want to go in. And I'm sure it was just some automated triggered thing. I already had mine set up. So if you were to get locked out on a social media platform, in this case, let's say Facebook, do you have assigned trusted people that are also on that platform that could help you regain access to your account? Should you be locked out of it? Yeah, I do. I do. I had two people. I added two more. And I am sure it prompted because it said it suggests three to five and I only had two. So I'm sure. And, and I did that a long, long time ago. Do you have things set up? I know you don't want to talk about it or think about it, but when you die, yeah, I do. I do. I think I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before. I, I, I did it with Google. I I've done it with virtually all of them so that if, If you're dormant for say 90 days, it triggers this email to whoever you assign this to, Hey, just letting you know, we we've noticed Randy hasn't been on Twitter for 90 days, everything. Okay. And now that person can go, well, okay, he's dead. I, I probably should either. I don't know. Maybe I I delete the profile. I don't know. Well, I'm not going to care. I'm going to leave that up to my wife to handle. So I get all this stuff. That's the bottom line. So we get all this personalized stuff for our situation. Now I, I see this thing pop up 29 careless ways. Retirees waste money. Well, of course, You got to click on that. I'm like 29, just kind of some random number. And I'm thinking, well, I bet you there's way more than 29. And that got me thinking about wasting money and how you could waste money. And I'm like, there's got to be way more than 29 ways to waste money, whether you're a retiree or not. So if you're a retiree, well, congratulations. I'm not. I'm at that age where I think people typically think about it. And, of course, there's so many of these kinds of articles. Here's the very first line of the article. You've worked hard all your life, so you deserve to enjoy yourself in retirement. Well, do you? Do you really? You might not. You might not deserve anything. I mean, you you might deserve to just (laughs) – never mind – You may deserve a lot of things, but enjoying yourself may not be one of them. Let's just leave it at that. Now, retirement presupposes that the person is not working, maybe not earning income. If they are earning income, they're earning it passively. That is, you know, they're just, it's what we used to call mailbox money. There are a number of people who plan their lives out that way. I wish you were listening to the voice of one of them, but you're not. <laughs> I, I I I get it. I I highly prize it. I envy it even. I just it's just not what I did. I'm, come on, it's leaning toward wisdom. We're trying to figure this out, and I suppose better late than never. I wish I would have figured that out earlier on, but I didn't. So retirement, we typically think of fixed income. That is, whether it's social security, whether it's an annuity, whether it's investment accounts, whatever, whether it's rent houses, whatever it may be, there's this fixed amount of income, and that's what you've got. And, and of course, everybody, it doesn't care if you're a retiree or not, is going to tell you, track, track stuff, track it, track it, track it, track it. You are listening to a person who learned at a very young age and i think i just did it mostly because it was cur- i was curious I-, I didn't do it because somebody set me down and said hey do this in fact i didn't know anybody who did it and the thing that i did is i went i went to the store this was well before i was driving age and i got one of these it's, it was a little i don't know it was a five and a half by seven or something, kind of a ledger, an accounting, a little accounting ledger. And I had one always, always. And I kept it, when I began to drive, I kept one in my car. Now I only had one. I didn't have a bunch of them. I just, I only had one at a time. And what I did is I I wrote down every time I spent any money and I wrote down every time I made any money. And I, I tracked it. By the month. So I'd write the date. I mean, you name it. Friends used to make fun of me because if, I mean, if we bought, I don't know, if you if you bought a candy bar, if you bought a pack of gum, if I bought, I don't know, if I bought a magazine, if I bought anything, it it got a line item. And people would see me grab this thing and start writing this. And they're like, what are you doing? I mean, it was 50 cents. And I said, well, I track it, I track it now at the end of the month, friends, especially once we all started driving, once we started driving, people got real interested in my tracking ability because, and we were oh, nearly all of us. I'm trying to think if, did I have a friend who didn't have a job? We all worked. But one of us knew where our money went and the rest of them didn't. Yeah. I knew where my money went. I couldn't tell you how many friends I had that were like, man, live. I don't, I don't know where the money went to which I would, of course, I would rub their nose in my ledger and go, well, I know where mine went and I, who knows how many friends. I sat down, and I walked them through. It's not like this is some big scientific project. I mean, how hard can this be? It probably does show you the idiots that I ran around with when I was a kid. It's like, really? I mean, come on. You spend money. You write it down. Now, this is back before debit cards and all this stuff. We've got all kinds of electronic ways to keep track of that now. And there's Quicken and there's Mint and there's all this stuff. We, none of that existed now. We're talking about in the 70s. Okay. We're talking about the early 70s. None of that happened. This was an analog world through and through. So this was not complicated, though. You pull into a gas station, you get gas. Okay. It's 12 bucks down on the ledger. It goes the date, the item, gasoline, $12, whatever it was. You got the paycheck on Friday. How much is the paycheck? $200 income, $200. I remember having conversations and, and, trying to explain. And I did not have an accounting background. I took, I had not had any accounting course. I had not read a single book on accounting, but I did know a column for expenses and a column for income. Somehow I figured that out. I learned that and I can't write the number of, the number of buddies that were like, okay, what?" Well, just the two column just a two column ledger was like you'd have thought we were trying to architect landing on the moon which by the way had already been done <laughs> that happened when i was 11 29 careless ways well that word then that got my attention 29 careless ways retirees waste money and that made me think well is there any other way to waste money I mean, I guess you could, I get to carefully. Maybe there's 57 ways to carefully waste money. Listen, you and I both know there's so many ways to waste money. All we have to do is look at the U S government and follow their lead. No, let's not let's, let's say we did. Let's don't do that. So you click on a, article like that. Well, guess what? Yeah, of course you just get inundated with best cities to retire on a budget of $1,500 a month, 20 best places to live only on social security. I mean, it's just, it's just a sea of content and it largely, it largely is financial experts hawking their services. It's content marketing at its finest. So Let's see what this article has to say, shall we? 29 careless ways retirees waste money. Now I'm going to forewarn you. I haven't read the article. I clicked on it. So I'd go back because I read that first line. You've worked hard all your life. So you, you deserve to enjoy yourself in retirement That's as far as I got. And then I thought I'm going to do an episode on this, but I also thought I'm not going to read it though. I'm not going to read it yet. Go banking rates is who produced the article Thursday, May 26th, 2022 11 AM. That's when the article was written. So you've worked hard all your life. You deserve to enjoy yourself in retirement. Well, I don't know that, that might be a moral judgment and I'm certainly not qualified to make that. You, maybe you deserve it. Maybe you don't deserve it. And maybe you're in retirement. Maybe you're not on retirement. Let's see if that matters. It may not matter. Okay. uh, And I don't guess these are in any order because they're not numbered. I mean, if you're going to have 29, shouldn't you number them so that we can kind of keep track? But uh, they didn't do that. Investment fees. Now, investment fees can bite you no matter where you are. I mean, retirement or otherwise. The article says a financial advisor can be the great a great asset when it comes to retirement planning, but make sure you're not paying them higher fees than need you need to be. Investment fees can run one to two percent of your assets for retirees with a million dollar in million dollars invested. That's ten to twenty grand a year, says speaker, writer, and teacher and financial coach. See, I told you. I mean, it's about promotion now i don't disagree investment fees can certainly we we've long known particularly those of us that aren't all that investment savvy and most of us that are not investment savvy and i guess a few folks that even are probably we we got our foray into investing with mutual funds kind of easy to get your head wrapped around and and you learn very quickly okay well this fund has this kind of a return and this fund has that kind of a return. But now you got to look at, keep in mind what I just said to you. When I, what I did as a young man, I'm, I'm tracking expenses and I'm tracking income. Okay. Well, if the income side is really good, but the expense side is really high. Well, guess what That can all, it could offset. It certainly could make a dent in the returns you get. So, okay. Investment fees. Got to pay attention to how much are we paying for this investment. That's one of the careless ways retirees and anybody else waste money. Missing out on senior discounts. Okay, well, if you're not a senior, that doesn't apply. But you learn very quickly after you pass the age of 55, you learn very quickly that senior discounts aren't just 65. There's an awful lot of stuff out there. If you're over 55 and I know of a lot of people, it's funny as I was growing up, I I would see people and man, they just leveraged the snot out of this asking for senior discounts everywhere and anywhere. And then other people, they, it was like, we don't want anybody to know we're a senior. And it's like, you know, I I think we can all tell, (laughs) I mean, I know you think you're still 35, but sorry, you don't look 35. The article says one of the ways retirees waste money is not taking advantage of the senior discounts available, says blah, 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 founder of, and then there's a hyperlink. I get it. Listen, I love content marketing. I do. I practice content marketing. It's, I don't know. It's just kind of. I sometimes, like today, I kind of get tickled at 29, and you know it's clickbait, 29 careless ways retirees waste money, because you know my brain works just like yours. We love lists, List 57 ways to do this. Was it 50 ways to leave your lover? Yeah, it could have been 49. We would have still listened to the song. Okay, missing out on senior discounts. Okay, well, if you're not 55 or older, okay, well, you're missing out because you're just not old enough. But if you are, would, would you have any, if you aren't in that demographic, project in the future, you're 55, you're 65, you qualify now, you could go into some restaurant and you could get a senior discount. Will you? Would you ask for it? Or would you rather them not know? And how vain is that? here's a server who comes to the table. They don't have a clue who you are. What difference does it make? And you ask them if there's a senior discount. And what if they said, yeah, 20% you just lost 20% because of your vanity. Is it worth it? Well, I know some people who would say that's absolutely worth it. It's absolutely worth it for me to live in this fantasy world that I live in that I'm still a young person and that waiter has no knowledge that I'm not. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. You just don't think he does. Okay. So missing out on senior discounts, I might add missing out on other discounts. I mean, come on this, this whole capital one thing that you see Samuel L. Jackson tout on TV all the time, you know, the discount code stuff. Do you know how many of us used to have to research the internet like mad dogs to find discount codes? And now we, between Honey and Capital One, and I mean, we got all these little plugins for our browsers that it'll populate and it'll, it'll run through a litany of discount codes to see if any of them are valid. I'm amazed that that's just not a common practice for anybody and everybody. So let's just take out the word senior and let's say missing out on discounts. Well, I'll give you one better. When you go in, do you ever negotiate for something? I mean, you do know that many, 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 many things are negotiable, don't you? I'm not sitting here telling you that I do this. I do it sometimes, but, you know, I mean, I'm not going to go into Walmart and try to discount, try to negotiate something. But if you buy something, I don't know, tires. Something bigger ticket, and they just tell you it's this price. Do you do you ever even think about saying, "Man, can you do any better? any any kind of coupon any any kind of coupon anything I could qualify for?" Oh, I do that. I do that a hundred percent of the time. You know, I'm not going to sit there and grind them down, but I'm 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 at least going to make one inquiry, and then I might whine a little bit. <laughs> All right, so that's the second one not focusing on their health. Well, you don't have to be an old person. I'm sorry, a retiree or a senior. 29 careless ways retirees waste money. They waste money because by not focusing on their health. Well, here's a news flash. Many seniors, myself included, we likely encounter some health problems because we weren't focusing on our health 20 years ago. <laughs> the article says sure signing up for a gym membership and buying fresh produce might cost more than sitting on the couch and eating frozen meals but not keeping your health on track will have a much greater cost in the long run we in we know this but here's another you got to have a quote right because come on it's content marketing the largest cost to many retirees is health care and it's a direct result of most people not maintaining a healthy lifestyle says author entrepreneur business coach and mentor blah, 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 with a hyperlink to Mr. Blah, blah, blah. It's a profound statement that Mr. Blah, blah, blah makes the largest cost to many retirees is healthcare. And it's a direct result of most people not maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Like, like we didn't know that already. Okay. So take care of yourself, take care of yourself. Don't be careless in wasting your money by not focusing on your health. Now I could argue that a life of sinful living that degenerates your health, well, that's got a cost too. John Daly, you may have seen it. I couldn't help but laugh. I mean, here's a guy. I mean, he's just a caricature, but the guy can still play golf like a mad dog. So he gets this exemption from the PGA to ride in a cart. And you've likely seen the memes in social media. I don't play golf, but I, I do kind of keep up with, you know, when it's on, I'll I'll watch it. And they talked about over over 18, uh, 18 holes of golf, how many cigarettes he smoked, uh, drank a dozen Cokes, I think it was five packages of peanut M&Ms. <laughs> I mean, it could be argued that's an expensive round of golf. I mean, whatever, whatever, it's a tournament, so, okay, there's an entry fee, but big deal, it's not much. And if you're on the tour, okay, great, you're making big money. And if you're John Daly, well... Come on, you got the clothes. You're you're hawking these brightly colored clothes, but I don't know how much. I mean, cigarettes are not cheap. Two six packs of Coke, okay. Well, that is that's something. The M and M's that, cost. and yes, no question, the cost to your health is considerable. The next one is remodeling their home. Now, you may not have a home; you may rent. So it's like, well, I don't, I ain't. I ain't remodeling my house. And I'm not sure that this has much to do with retirement either, except the article mentions withdrawing from your retirement savings in order to do the remodeling. The worst thing a retiree can do is take their hard-earned money out of their retirement accounts early to do a remodeling project or make large purchases. Yeah, you guessed it. Mr. Blah, blah, blah is the president of a certain company, and there's a hyperlink to his outfit there. Uh, well, let me give you a newsflash. To take your money out of a retirement account early to do anything unnecessarily because there may be a penalty assessed to pulling that out early is probably careless. Well, it could be foolish. Now, you could need it, though. It could be absolutely mandatory. And so is that foolish? Well, I mean, no, it's your money. You can do what you want with it. I still maintain my philosophy until you're writing me checks. Don't criticize what I do with my money. If I want to, if I want to be careless with it, that affects you. How supporting adult children. We all love our kids, but when they become adults, it's time for them to support themselves. Says Mr. Blah, blah, blah. Founder and CEO of blah, 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 wireless. Wait a minute. What? Uh Yeah. The CEO of a wireless company. That's his quote. We all love our kids, but when they become adults, it's time for them to support themselves. Well, newsflash adult kids should have kind of learned that when they were kids before they were adults, you know, the objective junior for you to grow up and support yourself. He goes on to say retirees can waste a lot of their money if they continue to support their kids into their adult years. With short-term circumstances, it can make sense to help them out, but it's a mistake to do it for the long term. I was watching Dr. Jordan Peterson give a commencement speech at some college, Hillsdale, I think it was, and he made some comment about these graduates and you know the potential to for some of them to... Basically go back home and live with their, with their parents got a chuckle out of the crowd, but, but you and I both know it is a reality for some carrying credit card debt. Well, again, applies to us all. doesn't matter our age charging more on a credit card than you can pay off can be a major source of money issues in retirement newsflash. It can be a major source of money issues in any area of your life, any timeline of your life carrying credit card debt, which is twenty one percent and more i mean it's it's big 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 big, but hey, you're talking to a guy here who's I'm into debt free living for me it's about cash flow. Cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, and debt-free living. Uh, Next is overspending on cars. Well, it could be argued in today's world, if you need a car, you're going to overspend for it. Because guess what? For the first time ever, unless you're buying the kind of cars that have always kind of garnered a list price, which most of us haven't, well, you're paying list price for a car. And I know a lot of people who feel like they're fortunate. Hey, I got this car for a list words. I never thought I would hear, but they're just happy that the dealer didn't tack on another two to five, ten grand on the car price of cars is just, is it, it really is unbelievable. I was watching an episode of Andy Griffith. And it, if you're a fan of that show, you may remember Barney got involved in real estate and he decided he was going to kind of moonlight and, and do some real estate stuff. Well, Andy, there's, there was a, a house. A white house that they drove by, and every time they drove by, Andy would make some comment, and Barney's like, I, "I, I can put, I can get you that house." He's like, "You're kidding me? It's for sale?" Yeah. He's like, "And I think I could get it to you for thirty five hundred dollars. So you know, we sell your house for twenty four hundred dollars, and you can get into that house for thirty five hundred dollars." You know, it's just funny. Here, you got a show in what sixty four, nineteen sixty four. Yeah, I know, that was 100, okay, it was 80 years ago. You can't buy a car for that now. Yeah, times have changed. Times have changed. Overspending on cars. Now, here in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, I can tell you, we are a car-crazy city, car-crazy. In large part because mass trans is bad, but that's a whole nother thing. We're going down the road, and here we are facing, here in Texas right now, gasoline, eh, let's call it, I don't know, four or five bucks a gallon. You guys in California, yeah, y'all are way higher. But here, let's call it four to five bucks a gallon and come screaming past us on the highway. And by the way, here, if you're on the highway and traffic isn't clogged or stopped, and you're not going 80 miles an hour, you're not keeping up. Just so you know. And I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. I'm not griping about it because I'll probably be the guy ahead of you. Uh, but come screaming past us, and I don't know, we're going 70 or so. Rhonda's driving a black pickup truck that you could see all the way underneath. If, if, and we're in a Honda Accord, if the Honda Accord were, I don't know, six, eight inches shorter, could have driven under this thing. This is a regular pickup truck, and I'm I'm sitting here thinking, the air going underneath his car is, I mean, what, what kind of mileage can this guy be getting? Not to mention the suspension. You talk about overspending on a vehicle. And it did make me wonder, does, he, does this thing ever get in the dirt? I mean, the thing was pristine. I heard a phrase when my son, he bought, a, he bought an old used Jeep. He had saved his money, and he found a deal on one a few years ago. And, it, and it's fun. It's fun, but it was the first time I'd heard the phrase pavement princess. I said, what? He said, yeah, it's, it's going to be a pavement princess. I said, "Okay, a pavement prince." Yeah, you know, it's it it it's got thirty inch tires. It looks it looks like it'll be a killer off road. It's never going to be off road. It's a pavement princess. <laughs> we got a lot of people driving pavement princesses around here, overspending on cars, having multiple cars. Well, here you go. This is this is not only applicable to retirees having multiple cars. I know couples, yeah, two people, and there's four cars. There's four cars in the driveway, and you're thinking, well, you know, that, that house, surely they got teenagers. No. No, they've just got four cars. I. There are times I don't even want one, much less four, but good point, good point, especially as you get older. And increasingly, I do see, in many cases, I do see older, older couples, especially you know, empty nesters, when they can operate with one car. Makes sense. Makes sense. I get it. Falling victim to scams. Now, I, I would love to tell you that that's, this is just an old person problem, but it's not. And if you go to YouTube and just type in scams, you will get all kinds of people that are very, excuse me, very entertaining to watch, in my opinion, um, who are skillful at the technology to basically try to foil or trap or create all kinds of havoc for scammers. So you don't have to be an, an older person. It is interesting when you go into stores that sell gift cards, because this is largely a way that the scammers do it, is they convince you that you need to go and you need to get some gift cards and then call them and give them those numbers, and that's the way that it's convoluted. But according to founder and CEO of a certain company, who also has a hyperlink in this article, His quote is scams, fraud, and identity theft are targeted at retirees more than 35 times more than other age groups. And I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. He's the CEO of a cybersecurity firm. So you would think that he would know, but we all need to be aware of it. You get an email. Don't click a link on it unless it's a trusted source. And even then, you know, sometimes I'm skeptical. You get a text message now. You get a phone call and they start asking you for personal information and just Heisman think Heisman just stiff arm, stiff arm, the whole conversation, hang up, block the number, move on down the road, making long-term investments, making long Now this probably does apply more to retirees or people who are older simply because, well, we don't have, statistically, we don't have the, the time frame that younger folks do. So it's why you do see people, once they start hitting in their 50s, let's say, they, they tend to get less aggressive in their investment strategy because, well, you're now in a mode of protecting. You're, you're in less of a growth mode. You're more in a mode, I don't want to lose what we've worked so hard to do. Ron and I were having a conversation the other day about timing, and I may have mentioned this in a prior episode, but I, I it does bear repeating if I did say it you think about the people who were older folks when the o seven oh eight crash hit, and we all lost a ton of money percentage wise and in hard dollars. most people I knew lost fifty percent of their whatever their portfolio consisted of, it didn't matter what it was, a mutual fund, 401K, whatever it was. Most, most people I knew lost up to 50%. We lost a third. We felt lucky. But that was 7 08. We've had years to kind of get get back to even, if you please. Now, getting back to even doesn't mean that you didn't lose it. You lost it. You lost it and it's gone and you ain't getting it back. But the point is, man, if you were if you were in your late 60s or 70s or 80s and that happened to you, I mean, just a pure luck of the draw, bad timing and you got hammered. It's a problem. So as you do get older, you do have to think about this runway and the length of the runway, and so you you do if you've got a brain in your head you do get more protective and much there's you're just more adverse to risk because well, i i don't want to take a chance i can't afford to take a chance well why can't you afford to take a chance because if if it messes up you don't have enough time to recover so that's another one not downsizing you know, this could apply, I think, to any, anybody, and you, you're seeing increasingly, you're seeing more young people. I mean, come on, the whole tiny house movement and things. You're seeing people downsize not because of age, just because people want to live that kind of a life. They just want to kind of uncomplicate their life. Much easier to do when you are older, when you are, quote-unquote, an empty nester and you don't have kids. You got a house full of kids, eh, a little tougher to do. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were, they were commenting about the houses here. They were a visitor from out of town. They They were like, you know, I am seeing houses here that, I mean, they are ginormous. But you can reach out and touch your neighbor's brick. And I said, yeah, people, they just... They want to four, give us a big box, two stories, and give me 4,000 square feet. I mean, I don't have the square footage numbers of the houses that I grew up in. But I'm thinking of my grandparents' houses and, and the houses that I grew up in. And But I remember when everybody, oh, a 3-2, a 3-2. You want, you want three bedrooms and two baths. Well, if you don't have a 4-3 today... You're not even, you're, you're not even part of the human race, not downsizing or even worse. This is an additional one or even worse, upgrading their house, their home too. Often we find people want to buy a big home in a couple of years from retirement or when transitioning into retirement, which is the complete opposite strategy of what we recommend says Mr. blah, 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 who is a Mm -hmm. founding principal of a New York based asset management company. Who also recommends downsizing in retirement? Well, that's, he's brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, I would tell you from my life's experience, if, if you can downsize, downsize, why, why not? I can tell you why not in many cases, kids and school systems and available houses. And I get it not to mention the social pressure. keeping up and all your peers and they're doing great and they're doing wonderful and look at where they live. And now I got, you know, okay, well I get the, the former reasons that latter reason, which is very real by the way, find it, find it in your courage to just not care what the folks at work or the folks in the social circle think. I, that's probably the best advice I can give you for this entire episode. And again, I go back to who's writing the check? Who's earning the money here? Until your social circle starts taking up a collection to give you, don't give them a vote in what you do with your money or what you don't do with your money. And if they want to go take some wild, crazy, Opulent vacation. Don't think that you got to match that. You can, if you want to, here's another one. Shopping as a hobby. Well, that affects everybody, everybody there. There is a truth to retail therapy. There just is. The problem is it is a short lived high. Cause you got to pay the bill. You got to pay the bill. So shopping for stuff you don't need, we all do it to some degree. We've all got way more stuff than we need, but I'm bent toward minimalism these days. I'm not practicing it yet, but I'm working toward it. Here's another one. Having other costly hobbies. Somebody asked me the other day, what do you, well, what's your hobby? And I said, I really don't have any podcasting, I guess. Yeah, but don't you, but some of that's associated with work. Right. And I said, yeah, but I mean, I I don't have a hobby I, and yeah, th- this is kind of sort of the hobby. Well, this podcast is kind of, sort of, you can have hobbies that are really expensive. Well, I mentioned golf, nothing wrong with it. I'm rather envious of people who can play it because it's one of those sports that you can play as you get older. I don't play and never have played and I don't plan on playing, but it doesn't matter what now here in Texas, there's a, an incredible number of people who are into bow hunting and hunting with rifles and shotguns and, uh, and we're not talking an inexpensive sport. Golfing is not an inexpensive. There are a lot of hobbies that are not inexpensive. Uh, photography, videography, woodworking. I mean, there, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with these, and I might take issue with this article that that's one of the, what, how many were there? 29 careless ways. I don't know that that's a careless way. You know what one of the big caveats to all this is? I mean, if you can afford it. If you can't afford it, they're all careless. If you can afford it, how careless is it? Well, it's as careless as you want it to be. What difference does it make? Next one is buying insurance they don't need. Now, there are people that... They are fanatical about insurance and carrying insurance. Uh, you want to mitigate your risk. You want to carry as much as you need to like us. We're at a point life insurance newsflash. I don't have any newsflash. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I'm not trying to capitalize on somebody else's death. I'm not looking for somebody to capitalize on my death. There were, there was, there were a a big phase of life where there's no way we're living without it. We're just not going to live without it because we got kids. Okay. Well, I'm not responsible for it's me and Rhonda. We're responsible for ourselves. And I, I don't, I don't need any, I don't need any, I don't need any on me. I don't need any on her. And so that's gone. Car insurance, got to have it. Home insurance or renter's insurance, got to have it. But there's an awful lot of people that are buying an off. And I agree with this. There are people of all ages that are overinsured. Probably are as many, if not more, who are probably grossly under underinsured. But what do I know? Overspending on insurance, they do need. We shop ours. We shop ours. If not every year, we shop it every other year. But I just learned in operating businesses, it's just what you have to do. Being overly generous. Being overly generous. This one, that's interesting. Here's a quote. Although it's a good thing to donate to charities, you don't have to contribute to everyone that reaches out to you as a real estate and securities attorney at a certain investing firm yeah okay well i i I agree with that but most of us aren't overly generous most of us are overly stingy owning two homes Uh uh-oh this is no i don't own two homes but for the first time in my life i've confessed to you i'm thinking about it because i got there's two places where i kind of want to be Here in Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, if you have a second home, consider selling it before retiring. Otherwise, it can turn into a money pit. The maintenance and real estate taxes can be too much to maintain. Blah, 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 blah. Well, here in Texas, where property taxes are criminally high, yeah, no question. There's no way I would own two pieces of property in Texas unless they were income producing. I'm to the point I don't want to own property in Texas, period, but that's me got nothing to do with texas other than the fact that our property tax laws are completely broken i mean you just get hammered i will go on record and make a prediction that in the next 10 years it's it's already happening but in the next 10 years i think you are going to see an awful lot of older texans who are living in houses that are paid for and have been but they can't afford to stay in them because the property taxes are going to just eat them alive. You are going to see it. Owning two homes, um, yeah, I've got a vested interest here because I would love to have a place in Hot Springs Village, and I and I need to have something here in Texas because well, the people that I love are here, the place I love is there, so I got to figure this out, and we're working on that. Uh, collecting social security too early, clearly something that applies only to people that are of age, even if you're able to start collecting social security, it's best to hold off on claiming your benefit as long as you can to max out how much you get. Now for me and Rhonda full retirement, that is the maximum amount that you qualify for happens at 66 and a half, but it really maxes out when you hit 70 so if you wait until you hit 70, and I think currently, I think it's 8%. I think it it, it it can go up 8% a year from the time you hit Mac. Don't quote me on this. I'm not an attorney. I'm not an accountant, and I don't play one on television or on radio or on podcasts, but this is my recall of investigating this. So hit full retirement for us at 66 and a half. So between 66 and a half and 70, Annually, it can go up 8% a year, and then at 70, that's all she wrote. It's never going to go up anymore. So I could wait until I'm 70, max out. Here's the caveat to collecting Social Security too early, is if only you knew when you were going to die. <laughs> uh, but we don't, so there's that. Not making the most of their Social Security claim. Okay, collecting too early isn't the only money-wasting Social Security decision retirees can make. Quote, sometimes retirees unfortunately lose a spouse and don't realize that if that deceased spouse is older than 65, the living spouse can collect on their deceased spouse's Social Security while they are still working. After the living spouse retires, they will need to choose the higher of the two Social Security payments to receive for the remaining years of their life. Hmm, there you go. Learn something new every day. Forgoing Medicare and long-term care. Some retirees waste money on self-insuring for health care instead of buying long-term care and supplemental Medicare. Yeah, there's another area where you have to navigate when you hit 65. So if you're not there yet, you got that to look forward to, the whole Medicare thing. Frequently dining out. Well, I learned as a teenager, okay, late teens, I learned that frequently dining out, was where nearly all the money went for my buddies. And boy does it this can eat into a budget probably quicker than than anything I learned as a kid. And I say as a young adult. So I'd sit down, I'd grab my ledger and the buddies saying, Man, I you know, I made as much as you made. I got nothing, you know, and you're sitting over there saving money. So occasionally I would have them track their money for a month, maybe two, three. If I, if they really got disciplined and at the end of the first month, well, it was really obvious to tell 75% of, of all the money they spent went to buy food. I mean, they were just constantly, constantly eating out. Pardon the phone notification. Should have turned that off, but I didn't. So you heard the ding frequently dining out a lot of folks spend an awful lot of money dining out and it is ridiculously more expensive than eating at home, paying more taxes than they need to. Well, now we got to We need help here. Don't we? I mean, unless you are a financial professional of some sort, I mean, we just we probably need some help here. I'm still amazed at the number of people who they think their life is so simple. They don't need any tax help. And I'm like, I don't, I mean, really? I mean, for one year, you don't think it'd be worth taking it to somebody to just, to just let them lay eyes on it. I mean, are you sure you're deducting everything you can? And I'm a person who believes in having professional advice. I I am, I'm the first person to stand in line and declare loudly. I am not the smartest person in the room about anything. And when it comes to these kinds of things, no, no, I, I am not qualified. That also hits this one, not reviewing their investment portfolio, the set it and forget it approach. It might work when you're younger, but it's not the best strategy for retirees. Next cashing out their pension to which I say, what pension paying too much for their cell phone plan and other utilities? Yeah. Well, I'm the guy who about every year I'm going to, I'm going to hassle and live, you know, is there, can you, can you do anything for me at all? You know, this bill just continues to creep up and creep up and creep up. And again, this is one of those where if you're 55 and older, you're liable to qualify for something. But if you don't ask, they're not going to volunteer it. Starting a new business, some retirees start a new business or a side hustle to continue to earn income after leaving their nine to five. In some cases, that can be a smart money move. But in other cases, it can be costly. Okay. I know a number of older people who've started new enterprises. And I, I, I don't know of anybody that it's been costly, but I yeah, it could happen. It could happen you could certainly invest in something and it goes south. Now, to be fair, the people that I know who have started businesses, largely these were home-based businesses. These were either, these were built around a hobby. They were built around some serious interest. And it was also born out of people were hitting, hitting them up. Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? And I can't think of an instance where starting a new business was a careless waste of money, but It could happen making risky investments. Well, that can bite any of us at any given time, not differentiating between wants and needs. Well, again, I don't think that's 29. Is that 29? I didn't count them all. And again, they're not numbered. Okay. Let's assume the title is correct. I don't think it is, but let's assume it is. That's the last one. Aren't you glad we got to the end? There could have been so many more. Not differentiating between wants and needs. Well, who doesn't that apply to? And how how difficult is that? Maybe better said, how easy how easy is it for you to make a distinction between what you want and what you need? Well, it's hard. <laughs> I need that. Oh, you do? Yeah. And you start to analyze it. And I mean, other than food and water and a roof over your head, Okay, well, what do you need oh, okay, well, I you know, man, have you seen that? Have you seen that new jeep? I need that I need one of those. No, you don't before making here's a quote before making a purchase, especially an expensive one, ask yourself, do I really need this item or just want it? really? That's the last sentence of this article that is a quote before making a purchase, especially an expensive one, ask yourself, do I really need this item or just want it? An old preacher friend used to say, "Oh, everybody thinks muddy water is deep." <laughs> what he meant by that, and it ha- we had reference to a particular preacher that we both knew who loved to just wax on and on and on and just made everything sound as though it was so deep. And when you examined it, most of the statements made by this fella, they you, you couldn't even it, they didn't make any sense. You couldn't even you couldn't even follow it. Hence the comment Everybody thinks muddy water's deep because we don't understand it. Well, it it must be, it's, it must be over my head because I don't have a clue what he just said, but there's another side to that coin. And that's this one. You know, it's just a statement of the obvious as though it's something profound before making a purchase, especially an expensive one. Ask yourself, do I really need this item or just want it? Well, the name of the podcast is leaning toward wisdom. So, I mean, that's a hard quote to top. 29 careless ways retirees, well, anybody, can waste money. How are you wasting money? I'm doing this show to kind of tee up what's coming next and what's coming next is kind of, I don't, well, here's what I'm planning to do. I'm going to tease this, but I may change my mind. We're trying to figure some things out. Yes, we are. I'd love to tell you that figuring things out when you're older is way easier than figuring things out when you're younger, but it's just not true. I mean, life is life has so changed and the economy has so changed and circumstances in your life change. And I don't know the last four or five years, man, I have, I have waffled all over the place. Okay. I think I want to do this. Okay. I think this, I think this is the ideal outcome I'd most like. Oh no, no, no. I've changed my mind. I, I, (laughs) and I'm not a fickle person oh, my mind can be changed. Don't you love these people who will look you straight in the face before before you even open your mouth. They just hold up their hand in a stop sign motion. It's like, I got my mind made up. Oh, well, bully for you. Aren't you the bastion of wisdom and knowledge and understanding? The rest of us mere mortals, we're just out here trying to figure this out. And as we get new information and as we gain new insights and as smarter people than us and experienced people more so than us start sharing some things with us we're like oh good to know good to know didn't know that and as you get older i can tell you this you do have to rely on other people helping you you just do i don't mean in and out of cars necessarily although you might need that but to navigate this this phase of life that you haven't been at. I did it when I was a teenager. I did it when I was in my twenties and my thirties and my forties and my fifties. I looked to guys and gals that were in their sixties and their seventies and their eighties and like, okay, what do I need to be on the lookout for here? And they would tell me, I can't tell you how thankful I've been for those people in my life. The website is leaning toward wisdom.com. My name is Randy Kentrell. Greetings and welcome. Inside the Yellow Studio